Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. We've all been there. You're trying to express your feelings and then your partner gets angry and defensive and says, what about my feelings? Or maybe you're trying to assert yourself with your bossy friend by saying you'd actually rather see a different movie tonight. And she replies, it always has to be your way. What the F? I mean, you'll end up feeling resentful, misunderstood, and worst of all, hopeless that things will ever change. Well, today I'm going to break down what's really happening when someone gets negative with you and the five things you can do and think so you can walk away from the conversation feeling calm and empowered. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf and I'm a number one Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 30 years of experience helping people create connected and happy relationships. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in your relationship today. So let's get to it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast. You know who I am, Dr. Abby Metcalf. You can call me Abby. It's great to be here. Uh, so many great, first of all, wonderful reviews. Thank you for leaving a review. I'm going to continue to ask that if you haven't yet to leave me a review or to rate on Spotify. Really appreciate it. Again, it's how people find us. And um, it's just really important to have more reviews. It's just a thing. So really appreciate it. And I read every one. I really, they make my day. Um, and... I have had a lot of people, and it's a lot recently, which made me kind of put this um, particular episode in head of the queue. So this is kind of an Ask Dr. Abby, but not, because I've had a lot of people who wrote in or DM'd on like IG or other things, and they're asking me kind of this question, basically, which was, you know, what do you do when a conversation gets negative? And so, uh, you know, they were saying that in different ways, but that's what I distilled that down to be. 
and uh, uh, I can't wait to get into it. So we're, we're so we're gonna. And I have a really wonderful little gift for you at the end, um, a little sheet that's gonna help bring a lot of this together. And it's some of the information I'm not gonna talk about today. So, you know, stay tuned and I will get to that and tell you what it is, all those good things. So let's get to it. So here are the five things to know and do when a conversation starts going south or negative, you know, you're in something with someone and it starts getting real negative. So the very first thing is to realize it's about them, not you. Now, I've said this before, but I'm going to say it a little differently, I hope, today. When anyone, and I mean anyone, so this could be your partner, your best friend, your boss, your coworker, whoever, react, when anyone reacts to something you've said, it is 100% about them and not you. And you already know this is true because you can say the same thing to 10 different people and get 10 different reactions. <laughs> and really the same goes for you and your own reactions, right? Are we how someone can say the same thing to us different, but it's different people, and we will have a different reaction to it. Because again, it's about us, not them. It's about uh, what we believe about that person and what they mean. It's about the definitions we give things. Uh, it's about a lot of things, but that's us. That's what's going on in our heads. So, if um, I'm trying to think of a good one here. Oh, so if I have a really supportive friend who tells me that my new haircut is really cute, right? Hey, your new haircut's so cute. I'll believe her and feel good. However, if that mom I know hates me uh, at the PTA meeting tells me my new haircut is cute, even if she says it in the exact same tone and way, I'm gonna think she's giving me a dig. <laughs> I'm gonna think she doesn't think it's cute. So again, because I'm gonna ascribe meaning to this woman versus my best friend, I'm gonna think of our past together. It's gonna to color the way that I hear things. I'm gonna think, oh, she said it different, she really did. When in reality, she might've really been trying to make friends and try to be nicer to me and saw an opportunity, like, oh, she got a new haircut, let me comment on that. Um, and she looks and she looks adorable, of course I look cute, of course I look adorable, I am adorable, if you're not watching me on YouTube. Um, you know what I'm saying? So. It, it's a, I know you think, you know, you're so sure you cannot read anyone's mind. I tell you it all the time. <laughs> no, you think you can, but you can't. If you really can, then you should go get a different kind of job because you should be reading people's minds for a living. You really can't. So when we think we do that, we just put that through a certain lens. It's called our confirmation bias, which I've talked about a lot. And so we actually make the quote unquote facts fit what we believe. So again, in this instance, maybe this woman really was trying to be nice to me and really was trying to reach out a little olive branch, but I'm trying to make what she said fit what I believe and make and prove myself right. We're always trying to prove ourselves right. So that's how we get into trouble with that. And then no matter what she says, I either don't believe her later when I, you know, mention maybe, uh, maybe I confront her, say, hey, you gave me a dig about my hair. And she might, she was like, no, I was really trying to be nice. And uh, you know, and you're inside go, no, she wasn't. She's saying it now because I confronted her, but really she didn't mean that. You know, we do all kinds of crap like this. I know, I see you, I see you, I love you, but I see you. So, and this is the same reason that you and your partner, I've talked about this, can be in the same car, in the same traffic, same time, everything, and they're upset and raging and screaming at the other cars while you're calm and don't understand why they're so upset. Same car. Same traffic, it is the meaning we give things, it is our perception of things, it is the filter we put them through. 
So if the person you're, person you're speaking to gets negative, and I mean in any way, says something negative, acts negative in some way, again, that's about them, not you. I, I know it's hard to think that way, especially when they're blaming you for how they feel or attacking you in some way and telling you it is you. They're just telling you it's you. But it's, it's the truth that it's not. And a new perspective, right, that you really have to adopt so you can stop taking their reaction so personally is to think this way, is to think this is about them, not me. This is, this is their reaction, which they're responsible for. So how do you do this in the moment? Yeah, sure, Abby, very nice. How do I do it? You know what I'm going to say right here. I think you know it because I say it almost every every episode because it's the base, it's the key, and that is to be mindful. You got to be mindful in your moments or you have to know that, ooh, I'm having this reaction. You have to almost see yourself as a third person as you're having this conversation. You have to catch yourself reacting or being angry or defensive or whatever you might be. And when you're mindful, you can stop yourself from reacting to this person's negativity, right? That's That's it. And really the big goal to me is that, let's say someone would start being negative with you and you would stop and you would think this, that's an interesting reaction they're having. That's an interesting reaction they're having because I also don't want you to get all judgy and weird in your own head about them. That's not your job. So if you, if you and your partner are talking and then they you know go off the deep end about something, get negative, I don't want you to be condescending or patronizing, but I want you to really think, wow, that is, whoo, look at that. Look, look over there. That is some interesting reaction. And remember again, that it's not, and to think it's not about me. This reaction they're having is not about me. This is about them and where they're at in their moment to have this reaction. Because you also know you can be talking to the same person, your partner, your friend, whoever, and one day you can say something and they get the joke and they think it's funny and they're laughing with you. And then the next week they're yelling at you. They're telling you you're horrible and how dare you and they're offended. And you're thinking, oh my God, what happened? We were just doing this thing and now you're this way. Again, it's them. <laughs> it's not you. And I've said this before, but it, but it bears repeating uh, right now. When, when someone is having a negative reaction... What they're doing is resisting. So let's talk about what this really is. They're resisting what you're saying or feeling. And it's because of their own bullshit. It is, I say with love, it is because of their own stuff. And I've talked about this again before, but I want to repeat this because it's so important. Um, And this will be part of your handout that if you want to come over and get it. But uh, there's four general categories of resistant behavior. Okay. There's four things to be on the lookout. These are clear signs. And you know, once you know what to look for. So one is if someone is arguing with you. So if they're challenging you, they're discounting what you're saying, they're openly hostile in some way, uh, you know, mean, calling your name, you know, anything would fall in there, right? They're arguing, they're challenging, any of that. The second way they show resistance is if they're interrupting you, you know, talking over you, cutting you off, always uh, they always jump into the conversation in kind of a defensive sort of way, right? That's, you know, they're, you barely can get something out of your mouth and they're already, you know, keying off. The third way people show resistance is by denying in some way. So that can be that they blame you. They're blaming you. They're acting like a victim. 
uh, they're excusing, they're, they're minimizing what you're saying. They're just super pessimistic, unwilling to change, huge reluctance. That all falls in the denying category. They're denying there's an issue. So they're doing one of these things to show you that. And then the fourth one is, uh, fourth way people show resistance is, is through some kind of ignorance. You know, they don't pay attention, the, not the non-answer, the no response, the sidetracking, any of that. So if you see any of these behaviors that are within those four categories, you're dealing with resistance and your conversation is going nowhere fast. You are in a power struggle and you need to shift the energy, which again, I'm going to teach you how to do little bit but that's what's happening and so your first job is to notice that you're in it and you know like when you feel that feeling probably that your stomach drops out or something because you can feel it happening so again the first thing to do is to notice that it's happening you have to be able to have this go on and go Ooh, there it is they're interrupting me they're giving me the shoulder shrug they're they're openly hostile this is someone who's resisting me and boom, right there, right? So that's the first thing to do is to notice it. Again, that that pesky self-awareness, <laughs> that, that pesky mindfulness, you know? But that's what that is. And then the second thing you need to do, so once you notice it, obviously, is that you need to do something else. You, you've got to do something else. You can't think, oh, I'm just going to stay in this right now. That's not going to work, and you're both going to be in a lot of trouble. So let's get to the something else after I have a little sip of water. Oh, so delicious. Okay. So, by the way, it's hot here today. It's never hot. I live in Northern California. It's never warm. It's never really hot. I literally don't have air conditioning in my home. Can you imagine that? Not having coming from New York, New York, where I always had to have air conditioner. It was so humid. Here, it's not. So anyway, um, so I'm wearing a little, a little sundress today, which I never get to do. I don't know why you care, but you should care. Of course you care. We love each other. That's why we care about what I'm wearing. And if you're over on YouTube, you can see me <laughs> in, my, in my little sundress, doing my little thing. Okay. So let, that was number one. Number two of our five things you can do or know or say is to understand that they're scared. Yeah. So when, when a conversation goes negative, it means that they're being resistant, right? And when someone's resistant in any way, you know, when they give you a throwaway answer or they become hostile or negative, they're letting you know they're scared. You, they're showing you their overwhelm. They're showing you their lack of tools to cope with their frustration and their fear because they, they just don't know what to do to create something different. I know, it doesn't feel that way. It, it can feel like they're very confident, but they're not. The, so you got to work here. This is all about your empathy game, right? Em being em empathetic, understanding empathy, how to do it. I did a whole fabulous episode on empathy, which I'll link to on the show notes, which uh, someone had written in recently looking for like, how do I get the handouts you mentioned? Or how do I get the whatever you mentioned? Come over to the website, abbymedcalf.com. That's it, abbymedcalf.com. Come over to the website, come to this uh, episode. And there's always a, a corresponding um, blog post, which is under relationship tips and tools. So you can go there if you want, or you can go to the podcast. We call it a show notes page. And on, uh, in either of those places, you can get notes and you can get, uh, links and downloads and all the good things. So, um, just let you know. Okay. 
So working on your empathy, or you can go on my website and go in the search bar and type in empathy. You'll find it that way too. And I repeat this sometimes because I need to, because folks keep asking. I keep getting emails asking. So I'm trying to make sure in every episode I say something. So what I want you to realize, okay, they're scared. So the other person is in pain and they're coming from fear. The big questions you should be asking are, what are they afraid of? Right? You need to, like, what are they really saying to you? What are they really saying to you with these negative things? And I'm going to use some examples that people have literally sent into me. This is where it's a little bit, asked Dr. Abby. And I'm going to translate what's really being said. How do you like that? So I'm going to translate what's really being said because people have asked me, if my partner says this, what do I do? So I don't know what to do anymore. If someone says that, I don't know what to do anymore means what they're really saying is I don't have the tools to problem solve this and I want you to fix it. That's why they're so frustrated and angry. You'll never change means this isn't working and I don't want to look at myself. You're supposed to make me happy and you're not. So they're afraid. Number three, uh, it doesn't matter anyway. It doesn't matter anyway. You know, when they throw things away like that, that means it matters a lot and I want it to matter to you too. I want you to prove to me that this matters to you. I'm not saying this is healthy or this is something you want to give into. I'm just saying what they're really saying. Uh, oh, another popular one that got sent to me uh, from a listener, I think it was. Uh, you don't even love me. That means I don't know why you would love me. I can't feel love from you because I have an unhealthy definition of love. You don't care what I think means really the translation is whenever we speak, I don't feel like you listen to me. You don't understand me. You don't include me in your decisions. Maybe you get some, told something like that. Well, or, you know, yeah, you're going to do what you want anyway. So, you, you know, why are you asking me? Uh, means what they're really saying, this is how scared they are. I feel rejected and abandoned by you. You don't include me. It always has to be your way means I don't know how to compromise and negotiate. I don't know how to put myself in your shoes and find middle ground. If they say that's dumb or that's stupid, it means I'm terrified of ever being wrong. That's what it means. I've got some old shit about this, even I'm not aware of. This is something my parents said to me, so I think things are black and white, right and wrong, and I feel very unsafe being wrong, so I'm going to ground you into the ground with it. Uh, maybe they say something like, do you hear how stupid you sound? That means... I have such low self-esteem. Again, even though I seem so sure of myself and maybe I'm even domineering, I have such low self-esteem that I'm afraid of you. I'm afraid of you leaving because I don't feel lovable or worthy. I'll do anything not to be vulnerable. That's what they're really telling you. Um, I'll just do like one more. Um, wow, I can't believe that's how you feel means wow. If you feel that way, it means I'm an asshole. And since my self-concept is that I'm a good person, you must be wrong. So I'm going to really push back because I feel attacked and like you're calling me a jerk and I am not a jerk. Do you see where this is going here? So when you realize that they're scared, that's where the compassion comes. That's where the empathy comes. That's where the step back comes. It's, it's just like, you know, if a little kid was, if there was a thunderstorm and, and, and you have a child and they scream something like, I hate you, or this is terrible, or make it stop, or whatever, you don't take it personally, right? You realize they're afraid, this is a storm. And if anything, you go comfort them. You feel bad. 
Now, I know it's hard. People don't generally extend the same compassion and love they have for children to their partners, but I wish we would. Uh, you know, e even all, all of us are, are kids somewhere, right, in our lives, and, and we, need, we need the love. We need the help. We need the support. All right. Thing to know or do number three is you've got to understand that you have co-created this relationship. And I know, I know you probably don't want to hear this one, but this relationship, whatever it is, is where it is because you've helped make it that way. And you need to take full responsibility for your side of the street. So if you're thinking nothing will change unless my partner changes, or I'm never going to be happy at this job as long as I have this boss or, um, uh, I'll never be able to be close to my mom because she just doesn't understand me, you know, right? I could go on and on. Then you're doing just what the other person is doing. You are resisting in some way. You're doing what is making you crazy that they're doing. You're giving up. You're blaming and maybe even acting like a victim. And, and we all know, Abby, don't play that. No, 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 no victims here. No, if you're listening to the podcast and you feel like a victim, you're in the wrong podcast because I love you way too much to tell you that you're a victim in your life. No, no friggin' way. You'll never get me to say it. Things are hard. I know. I struggle too. We all struggle. But we can't ever get to a place where we put our happiness in someone else's hands or we put our happiness in a situation. It just, it can't work that way because it always means that the control of your feelings and emotions are outside of you and that can't be. It just can't be. It, it's, it adds up to misery. So the reason the relationship has gotten to this point because you haven't made or held your boundaries. That's why you've co-created it here. That's why it's sitting here. So you can make and share your boundaries all day long, but if you don't hold them, what do I always say? If you don't hold them, they're useless. If the other per I'm like banging on my desk. If the other person doesn't respect your boundary, you got to remind them of it right right then and there. Or a little bit later if you can't do it in the moment, but you you got to do it. They need to see it. They need to see how their behavior is trampling your boundary. Your, your issue is that you've been upset with them for not holding your boundary. But you haven't held your boundary. I, I talk about this quite a bit. You, you haven't respected your own boundary. And now you're mad at them for not respecting it? Are you kidding me right now? I can't. I can't do this with you. And I'm not going to, again, because I love you. Oh, the love, the love I have. You just can't, you got to stop being mad at other people for not respecting the boundary. Yeah, it's very nice when people respect our boundaries. I appreciate it very much, but I can't count on that. And I especially can't count on it when I won't even respect it, when I let it get, you know, I don't even hold it. Why would they hold it? So I don't, again, I don't want to hear any victim language. If you're afraid you'll lose your job, if you say something to your boss, then get your damn mother effing resume together and start looking. If you're worried your partner will leave you, if you draw a boundary, then what are you doing in a relationship without respect and support? I don't even, like, what is this relationship then? And by the way, I, and I'm going to say this, in my almost now 40 years of doing this work, I think I'm at year 38, I'm almost at year 38, I have yet to have someone lose their job because they set a boundary. I'll tell you that. I've had a lot of people leave their jobs when they start setting boundaries and they realize what they're worth. They don't want to be there anymore. They, it just becomes untenable and they go on to get better jobs. They're happier when they leave every time. I think I've only seen a partner leave once or twice in all that time. And I say, good, like, bon voyage. That's fine. It's rare 
that a partner would leave when you make boundaries. Um, what usually happens again is that the person who's making the boundaries realizes that this person isn't for them and they kind of leave or, or, or shift the relationship in a way that they can handle. That's what I've seen instead. I've seen when someone is standing up for themselves, I usually see that other people fall in line. That's what happens. They start being different with you. But Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There needs to be when you draw a boundary you got to keep it and hold it. That means there needs to be some response, some consequence when another person doesn't respect your boundary. And that's 100%, 100% on you. You need to stop talking or threatening and start taking action when a boundary is crossed. Yeah. I don't want to hear your threats anymore. I don't want to hear you. Re- you should never repeat a boundary. If you've said it once, that's it. The next time it happens, it's done. It's done. Or in the moment you say, if you keep talking to me this way, I'm going to need to hang up the phone. If you keep texting me all the time, you know, like this 10 times a day, I'm going to need to block your number. I, whatever it is, I'm going to need to go home or I'm going to leave, leave the house, right? Uh, it, if you have to communicate with this person ongoing, you can tell them that now they need to only interact via email. They've lost the privilege of having direct conversations with you. No more texting, no more calling. There's ways to do it. And it's just about you doing it, right? And in rare cases, it is going to be that sometimes the action, the 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 next part of the of you keeping your boundary is moving on in some way. Start looking for your own place. Start saving money. Go on some job interviews. It doesn't mean you have to leave in that moment. It doesn't mean you need to, you know, change or quit your job or anything in the moment. It does mean that maybe it's time to start seeing what your options are, to start, you know, breaking down those fear walls you have about this person. That's what it means. And the big key here is not to be angry with them while you hold your boundaries. Don't don't ascribe meaning to what they're doing. You know, he knows that's making me angry or he, and he's doing it anyway. You know, that stuff. Uh uh-uh. You've again, co-created this relationship to be this way. You've been letting them not respect your boundaries, maybe for years, months, whatever. So don't expect it to change overnight. They're going to push those boundaries unconsciously, unwittingly, consciously, but you just, you don't need to be mad at them. Just firm, just firm. Don't be mad. Just be firm. I really who you're mad at is yourself anyway, so don't take it out on them. I use the mantra all the time, and I've said it many times in the podcast, this person is doing the best with the tools they have. 
by the way, and if you want to have some self-compassion, just as you were all those years when you allowed them to treat you poorly, don't beat up on yourself that, oh, I can't believe I haven't kept my boundaries. You were doing the best with the tools you had. And now, you know, you listen to Abby, you got different tools. You know, you're, you're doing workshops, you're going to therapy, doing whatever. You got different tools. You've grown up, whatever. It's, you don't have to judge it. It's just time to change it. It's just time to change it. All right. Number four out of our five, number four thing you can do is shift the energy with questions. Uh, you know, I love my questions. I talk about questions all the time because they will change your life. What do I always say? Don't sack. Don't offer, SAC, don't sack. Don't offer suggestions, give advice, or criticize. Instead, ask questions. Don't make statements. Ask questions. So, you know, and this will shift the energy. So when someone makes a negative comment, we often jump to either, you know, defending ourselves, right? Um, or you don't appreciate me. And then followed by a list of all the ways you've shown your appreciation, right? <laughs> Um, where, you know, they say, they'll tell you, oh, you don't appreciate me. And you're like, what do you mean? I do this, 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 you know, or I've shown you appreciation this way, this way, this way. Uh, yesterday I said, thank you. The, the day before I, I gave you flowers, whatever, right? The other thing people do is they give reassurance. You know, if, if the other person gets negative and says something like, you don't really love me, it, it's followed by you telling them you love them so much. Oh no, but I do. And you're the best and I love you and da, da, da. And that reassuring, has that worked for you? No, you have to keep reassuring them. Every single time you have this argument, you're back to saying it again and you get more and more frustrated because you haven't held your boundary. <laughs> you're afraid. like, oh, I've said this a million times to you. Why don't you listen? Because you just keep repeating this thing and you're not doing anything about it. So instead of defending, instead of reassuring, instead of doing these things, ask questions. That's, that's the gold. That's the platinum. That's the way. And, uh, and again, I'll have some of this on the handy dandy, wonderful handout I have at the end. Um, but, uh, I'm, you got to ask open-ended questions. That's one of the things you can do. And these are questions with, uh, that you can't answer with like, yes, no, good, fine. I don't know that kind of stuff. Right. So when someone is giving you grief, you know, and saying like, um, you don't, you don't love me. Instead of saying, yes, I do, and reassuring, you can say, can you, can you tell me, what do you mean when you say that? What, tell me more. And you have to truly be curious. Remember what I always say. You can't just, you know, be placating or condescending. You have to really mean it. I want to know, you've said that a lot. I, I've reassured you a lot, but you keep saying it. So I need to know, what do you mean by that? What, what am I doing that makes you think I don't love you? What am I saying that makes you think I don't love you? Is there anything I do where you do feel loved by me? Is there anything I say where you do feel loved or respected or whatever by me? Right? Do you see, do you see the difference here? Do you see how the energy shifts when we go there? You're, you're leaning in instead of leaning out. When you just defend or reassure, then you're the one resisting. So again, we don't want any resistance. Uh, what do you think we could do to improve this situation? right? What, what else could we do? Where should we take this conversation next? So, you know, maybe if you're, they say something really negative, I don't know, you're dumb, this is crazy, whatever. You can say, we're, I'm kind of at a loss. Where should we take this conversation next? And they might say, well, I don't know. You'll say, 
if, if you had to give one suggestion, if, if this was the perfect relationship for you, what would I say to you right now to shift this energy, right? What's the perfect thing I could say that would let you know I'm listening and I'm hearing you? What would you like to be the next step? Um, maybe they say you never listen, right? Uh, you can say, I, I want to know, can you really not think of, I mean, and really ask, can you really not think of one time I've listened? Really? It's never, it's never, ever, it's never happened. I, uh, and, or I need to under, I feel like I listen a lot. So clearly you don't. What is your definition of listening? Like, what am I doing that you know I'm listening? Because what I found a lot, like Gary and I get into this sometimes, where he'll give me a helpful suggestion and I don't do it, I don't like it, and then he tells me I'm not listening because I'm not doing what he said. <laughs> so we've had to have this conversation a few, quite a few times where he'll, you know, he'll say, I don't know why you're asking me you don't listen. And I'll say, right, so negative, so throwaway. And I'll say, uh, I say that. I'm like, Oh, gosh, I feel like I listen to you all the time. I really value your opinion. I can think off the top of my head of like five things I've done different because you've suggested it. So what does it mean to you when I'm not listening? Is it is it just because I don't do what you say? Like what what is it that I'm doing? And sometimes it's not just that. It's that I seem defended or something else. But what it does is it really calls the other person to action. It calls them to lean in and stop being so, you know, these throwaway kind of comments that really aren't real, where again, they're showing how afraid they are uh, without, you know, but there's nothing you can kind of do with it, right? All right. And then number five, you have to or can shift the energy with your mindset. So when a conversation goes negative and you're hearing things like, you know, um, nothing ever changes or I'm sick of this, it is so, whenever you hear that stuff, it is so easy to feel abandoned, to feel rejected, to feel dismissed. And those are all fear-based feelings. And you're not going to have a productive conversation with, with now two people coming from fear, right? They're doing it and now you're fearful. Forget it. it it's so hard. I know it. I know it. I love you. I, I, got, I have faith in you. You can do this. I know it's hard, but it's critical not to take things someone else says personally Again, as I said, number one, even when they're being very personal and blaming you for their unhappiness or for a particular issue, it's really important that you step back. When someone's being negative, they're coming from their fear brain. What, you know, I always talk about the amygdala and the limbic system. And that fear brain only knows how to do three things. It knows how to fight. It knows how to flee. And it knows how to freeze. Okay. That's all you can do. The rational problem solving part of your brain where, you know, your prefrontal cortex literally I, I've done this in many podcast episodes. It literally can't work when the amygdala is activated. It can't turn on. So when you're coming from your fear-based brain, you can't problem solve and think of other ways to be. All you can do is fight with the person, run away, avoid, or, you know, submit kind of, freeze. You know, yes, dear, whatever, sure, whatever you want. And it again, it's, it's, not it's all resistance, right? It's not going anywhere. So, I mean, this is literally in your brain. This is just how your brain works, how the pathways in your brain work. So that idea of problem solving is a misnomer because you can't, problems live in your amygdala, solving lives in your prefrontal cortex, and you can't have both of them on at the same time. So you've got to shift the energy. So it's, it's your job first to get in the right frame of mind. You've got to shift to what, what do I call it? I call it a love mindset, which really means that the 
fear part of your brain is turned off, again, so that this rational, thinking, compassionate part of your brain can turn on. Uh, you're going to say, well, how do I do that, Abby? Well, I hate to break it to you, but daily meditation and mindfulness are the best ways. <laughs> I did a whole episode on meditation. I have a free meditation starter kit. I have a meditation album now, which is a step-by-step learn to meditate in 15 minutes in just 15 days. You can get it on my website. The uh, meditation starter kit is free. The album, it costs you money. It's like 11 bucks or something. I think I, I think I was cute and, and did 11-11, if you know the angel thing, uh, as the price. You know, get the album, learn to meditate, 15 minutes in 15 days, change your life. I don't know what else to say. Change your life. Listen to that episode. It would be so good for you. But no matter what, do something. Do something. Because we can't keep having these conversations and then you don't do the very basic things. It's like you keep wanting to get fit, you know, uh, physically fit, but you won't change your eating and you won't, you know, change how much you move, but you'll listen over and over to something, right? You, you need to take some action at some point and that will give you more bang for your buck than just about anything else. It really will. You can buy my book, Be Happily Married, even if your partner won't do a thing, which is also, uh, obviously, you don't have to be married for that. There's a lot of ways to get really evidence-based clear practices and that book is full of action tips you know do some of the action tips there's ways to get here and I want you to get here I harp on this every week and I do it because I really I know you can be happier I'm a hundred percent positive a hundred percent I've worked with thousands of people I still do I still work with people all the time and I know what works. I really do. I've got the research. I've got my hands-on experience. I get to test this out all the time. What works? Who, who makes the best gains? How does that look? And it's people that do the mindfulness and meditation over and over. It's not the only road to Rome, but it's a big road to Rome. So I'd really, really like you to do it. So you're going to be better with your emotions. You're going to be in the moment more. You're going to act, not react, right? You could also, by the way, practice like a loving kindness meditation, uh, to get you in the right mindset and, and frame, I have a free one on YouTube. I'll link to that in the show notes. At the end of the day, your job is to be the dominant vibration in the room. So instead of calibrating to the other person's crappy negative place, have them c- calibrate to your loving, open, patient energy. We have such an assumption all the time that when someone's in a bad mood, that that is the dominant. Like, you know, oh, I was in a good mood and then my husband came home in a bad mood, so then I was in a bad mood. Or, oh, you know, everything was good in the office and then my boss came in in a bad mood and everybody was, was, why? Why is that the assumption that we lean towards the negative? You are positive. If you go to a concert or something and everyone is excited and jumping up and down and yelling with the band, even if you were in a bad mood, you're going to be jumping up and down. That is calibration. That is calibrating to a high level. It's so much fun. It's so exciting. You feel so good afterwards. I did a whole episode of the podcast on how to have people calibrate, how to be the dominant vibration in the room. I will link to that in the show notes. But that is your job at that point when you are with your partner or your friend or whoever it is, get yourself in the right mindset, shift your energy, ask questions, and really get your calibration intact. This is going to be a great conversation. We are going to finally make headway, damn it, and I'm not going to give up until we do. Uh, I'm going to remain unfailingly loving and clear and open through this process because no matter what happens on the other end, you will feel better having 
you will have your emotions intact. You're not going to walk away going, oh, I can't believe I said that. Or, oh, I wish I had said this. You're going to have said and done all the things you really want to do. And there is nothing better than that. I'll tell you that for calm, for no regret, for feeling empowered, for feeling kick-ass. That is the way to get there. So I have a great handout uh, called Dealing with Resistance and Conflict in Relationships, which goes over another tool called Motivational Interviewing, which is an evidence-based model. You can learn it really easily. I covered a few of the things in here, but that's its own whole thing. You can download that for free on the website again, abbymetcalf.com. Just go to this podcast episode, go to Relationship Tips and Tools, and go to the blog, and you can download it there. You'll be putting your email in and you will get on my weekly love letter. I have a love letter that goes out every week. And how do you not want more love from me? I do not know. Uh, I just have, you know, stories, quotes, things that I think will help you uh, have a wonderful week. It's meant to inspire and motivate you during your week. And, uh, and if you don't like it, you can unsubscribe. I promise I don't look at who unsubscribes. <laughs> it's, it's a pretty big list at this point. So I'm not watching who comes and goes. And that is it for today. I'm very happy you made it to the end with me. I Let's take a breath. I was talking fast today. I know. I was like whipping through, wasn't I? I was really, sometimes I'm really like, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's because I get excited. I want to get the information to you. I want you to really hear it because I... Oh, I love you. I love you. I feel it. I feel it. I'm talking to you when I'm sitting here alone in my office. I can see you. I'm picturing you and I'm talking right to you. And it, I love our relationship. I love that you're here with me. I love that you're willing to fight the fight. Even when I say things that maybe don't hit well or sit well with you, you keep coming back. You know that there's lots here for you, whether you, you know, just drink it all or, or not, you know that there's so much good information here meant for your higher good because that is the only thing I'm interested in. I'm not interested in being right. I'm not interested in, um, I don't know, whatever. I, I'm interested in you finding your highest good. And I, I feel confident that the information I put out there is what will help you do that. that that's my intention always. So there's nothing more important than love. There's nothing more important than having it in our hearts for ourselves and for others. I have it in my heart deeply for you right now. So go through this week knowing that I just adore you. I know you can do it. And I'm really looking forward to chatting with you next week. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I, I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you and I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything, you can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the uh, shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.